Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Picture Perfect Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bobby Gross, alongside... Your other host, Michael Batista, the animal. Out of jail after last week's show. I believe the cops came knocking on your door. They did. About what you revealed to the uh to the internet i mean they they knew cops always know everything but they were they were very like oh you admit it now okay we're gonna we're having some talks now and, and the hearings went well this week in court uh the hearings went well you know i, I had spent a <laughs> obviously couple, because you're here i know I had spent a couple nights in jail there's this one paranoid dude next to me don't even remember his name but hope he's doing all what right was it? i think he told me it was lonnie lonnie jones or something lonnie like jo- that? Or jeffrey something jeffrey something. jeffrey something jeffrey epstein too I, soon sorry uh <laughs> We're off to a great start I mean, here, Mike. Look, I'm just gonna very s- controversial. Look, look, we're hanging around, all right? Yeah, this we're shooting the shit. That's exactly. what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, guys, we have a few things to get into today. We got a review of uh, Blinded by the Light. We got a couple news pieces, but before we get into all that, we're just gonna plug uh, where you can find the show. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, if you could, it would really help uh, if you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please do. Please do. It helps out the show. It gets us up in the charts and. You know, the algorithms, I don't know how the algorithms work, Mike, but from what I'm told, it helps. It does. Uh, Then we have uh, all of our social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube at Picture Perfect. You can find us on Twitter at PickPerfectCast. And, uh, yeah, we've just been posting uh, some stuff on there. Uh, We'll preview what's coming up in the next episode. Real quick, let's give a shout-out to the person who made our amazing logo. Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike Pico. Great guy. Uh, it only took us six episodes to recognize his existence, but he did all we, of our graphics. Did and, we not uh, do it in the first episode? I don't think we did. Well, still, amazing work by him. We uh, don't even credit him in the description, unfortunately. We should do that. We should do that. You're, you know, you're a good guy, Mike. From one mic to another. Uh, we gotta look out for one another. Yeah. Yeah. And he does a lot of graphic design. Uh, well, you know what we're gonna start doing, Mike? We're gonna put uh, credit in the description. We're gonna put his Twitter in there, too. Because if you ever need any graphic design work, hit him up, let him know what you need, and he'll give you a good rate. Uh, he did a lot of great work for us. Very appreciative of uh, all of the logos can and he, everything. Uh, can you make a logo for a fancy league? Okay, can you make a KFL logo? KFL? Uh, you gonna cough up, cough up that dough, Mike? How much did you pay? I paid twenty five dollars for everything that uh, Mike did. I would pay. Um, well, if I only asked for one logo, that might only be like about fifteen, maybe. Let me just say this: is... I wouldn't underpay an artist. I'm, I'm not just gonna do this for exposure. Because well, you're an artist yourself. Oh, we're, of both artists. we're both we're, artists. We're both artists. I'm a writer right now. I'm the next Bill Shakespeare. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully you're not plagiarizing the work then. Oh no! Isn't that what happened with him? I, I don't know. I don't know. He's... This, this is great conversations for this podcast. Let me tell you. Oh, of course, we are off to a rousing you can, start. You can here. see that we don't want to talk about movies this week. <laughs> well, there's not much to talk about. I mean, we were trying to go through all the news for this week, and we didn't find much. There's we got stuff, a couple pieces, but there's not stuff nothing about an know. early 2000s movie that people might care about, and then there's uh, well, I forget the second thing. Well, it's really. Uh, it's a lot of news is going to be coming next week, uh, which we don't know what the situation is going to be for the next episode. Mike has a commitment next Saturday, so we might have to pre-record. Uh, and as far as the news goes, uh, it might not be as up to date when you hear it because it's probably going to be like another week until from re- recording to publishing it. So, and that kind of sucks too because we have the big D twenty three convention next week. Uh, it's probably going to have a lot of Marvel news coming out of there, Star Wars, all kinds of Disney Plus news. So we might have to uh, cover that in the two two episodes from now. 
but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're getting to this news right here. Speaking of Disney Plus, uh, which isn't the best uh, stuff from Disney to, for this to come out this week instead of at D23, but Mike, we've got an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, show coming to the Disney Plus service. There's no release date yet. Uh, it's rumored to be six to eight episodes. It's going to be a mini series. And, uh, you know, this had been rumored for a while. Uh, first, it was going to be in a uh, film, but I think that was just completely scrapped just because of how Solo just tanked. And they uh, pivoted to this Disney Plus service, which is, I think, a great move. I'd rather see a six to eight episode miniseries than a, a whole movie about Obi-Wan. Uh, what, what do you think about this, Mike? Are you uh, are you excited for this at all? Well, first off, I think it's... I don't know how this gets leaked, but you always need a couple of leaks before a pre- before a uh, expo or before a like business conference just to get people who aren't in the industry interested. Because uh, the way these usually work is that it's usually a lot of industry insiders, people like that, trying to like find out what's going on, find so, out what the, the new thing is. So this just gets people interested in saying, "Oh, that's going to be there. I can learn more about it if I go there and more." So this could actually be an intentional leak. Is is that what you're, you're I'm not, suggesting? I'm not saying it. Could, it could be that just but to I'm hype not, up the D23 conference. It could be. It, like sometimes they do that. Other times, there's always going to be a couple weeks beforehand. If I've never seen a conference, whether it be video games or movies, where nothing gets leaked beforehand. Sure. Like you know. There'll always be surprises, but there's usually but this, one or two. This things. is pretty major, is it? I mean, I, I think so. You, you don't you don't think this is uh... because listen, we we've got a bunch of Star Wars shows going to Disney Plus, right? We have the Mandalorian, which is I think is going to launch with the service. Uh, you also have a. Uh... It just seems out of left field to me. Really? Because it's like the same actor. It's like the, the character that. Uh... It's the same actor. It's the same character for, from the three from the prequel movies. Yes, and Ewan like, McGregor is going to come back for the show. It's not going to be another Kenobi. The prequel movies have been more of I've always been looked down upon, but in recent times they've been really memed the heck up. Um, like Reddit, there's like prequel memes, sure. just like all that stuff. So like. When I think of the prequels, I just I don't think of them as actual movies anymore. Almost, I just think of them as like products where people can just take shots at it. Mm-hmm. And so when I think, oh, there's media coming out of this, it just it just you know, oh, all right, you know, I, it, that's just me. So, I mean, would, I think it's safe to say that uh, Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi Wan Kenobi was some of the best stuff in those prequels. Oh, he did very well. And I think that's why this has been universally uh, loved, this news, because now we're getting the best parts of the prequel, and I think, you know, I think Ewan McGregor has a lot of fun with playing Obi-Wan, Yeah, and he's been talking about in interviews the past few years that he's definitely uh, had meetings with Disney, he's been interested in coming back to portray Obi-Wan again. Uh, the question, though, is, number one, what is the show? I mean, presumably, it's going to take place in between uh, episode three and episode four when Obi-Wan goes back to Tatooine and looks over Luke um, when did he's ever, growing up. Did you ever see The Clone Wars? I did see The Clone Wars, yeah. I've seen uh, Rebels, too. He was involved in that. He had a whole arc yeah. with Darth Maul in so, that show. the way I could see this totally working out is that Clone Wars did the cool thing where they would have arcs within the cartoon about different points of uh, The Clone Wars, where mm. it'd be like... Between it was mostly between episodes two and three when right, that show yeah. took place, and so you knew the stakes were like, oh well, Anakin's not gonna die, but he had like an apprentice, you know, mm-hmm. who's also a risk, and there was all this that. Uh, I could see this being like arcs of Obi Wan on Tatooine, 
Or it could be like before he got. It could also be like stuff before episode three with stuff between him and like Anakin for a little bit. Maybe flashbacks like previous missions with him. So you're saying it would still fit on that kind of Clone Wars timeline. Depends just on in what, live action form. Just in live action form because, I mean, I could totally see them do, focusing on Tatooine and there could be like flashbacks to him like pre-Darth Vader, pre-what's-his-name, um, not Counselor, um, uh, Emperor like Palpatine, corru- Palpatine corrupting um, you know, his apprentice. And it's interesting Skywalker. though because if they go in be- if they take the route of between episode 3 and episode 4, we know in episode 4 that Obi-Wan says when when someone calls him Obi-Wan that he he says he hasn't heard that name in in many years. So it's it, how do you toe the line in doing a show in between 3 and 4 but not really uh have anyone recognize Obi-Wan unless he's kind of stealth and he's just kind of hiding how, out and changing his appearance how maybe old is Luke Skywalker in episode 4 Episode 4 I mean he's a teenager so I don't know So that's at least 16 years let's say well, He seems like yeah. about an adult Sure So if he's about 16 and I believe it's 19 years in between 3 and 4 So he's about 19 about somewhere around there Maybe, maybe. Let's Yeah say, let's yeah start. I think that would be accurate 19 years old So let's just say it like this you could totally have it in the beginning. He's fully known as Obi Wan Kenobi. He, he, like he, you have people who know he's Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, people know he's Obi Wan Kenobi. They get found out, and instead of giving up, they kill them. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe it's like some of the early days where he's still called that, and then for like they're killed four years in, so he's still not called Obi Wan Kenobi for like fifteen years. You know, like maybe, something like that. Maybe. And then that maybe towards the end of the show is when they fully start going into the Ben Kenobi territory. Mm-hmm. Well, the the also you have to keep in mind that uh, Vader didn't know that Obi Wan was still alive, so you can't have Vader be aware of Obi Wan's presence on Tatooine. So he's it, not going to leave. I, he's definitely not. I that's don't think why he should. That's why I think least. flashbacks are going to happen. That that could happen because that's how you get more I mean, settings. it's not like uh, Ewan McGregor is so old that you have to de-age or anything. I'm sure he could pull off that kind of episode two, episode three look again if it, if there are flashbacks. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, like I said, I'd rather see this than the movie. Uh, and you know, this is the kind of content that needs to be put on Disney Plus, right? I mean, they are loading up that service to get your money, and especially I think it was what last week when they unveiled that you can get Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and the ad supported uh, version of Hulu. For what was it like twelve ninety nine, thirteen dollars for three services. I mean, and Disney Plus, I think, is only going to be by itself. I think it's six or seven. Yeah. So I mean, that's an insane value, but with that kind of uh, price point, you need to get the volume of subscribers there, and they're going to lose money. I mean, there's no doubt to start, they're going to lose money just yeah. because the 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 uh, the rate of subscription is so low. But this is the kind of stuff that if you produce this, let's say this comes out in maybe 2021, well, I mean, you got The Mandalorian this year in 2019, and if that show is, you know, really good, it's quality stuff, and then you have um, a Cassian Endor uh, show coming out, the the character from Rogue One, uh, if that one hits, this is how you keep the subscribers to where inevitably Disney raises that price, let's say, to eight dollars in 2020 and then maybe up to ten dollars at 2021 you know it'd be a really good strategy uh having so what this shows if this show comes out 
in during NBA season. You have it so it drops on Disney Plus, and then what happens is maybe a couple weeks pass. Maybe you have it so first episode is going to be on ABC before or after an NBA game, and that way you have like people who might not have liked it. Ah, oh, it's not worth it. They see the first episode. You have that lead in. That's interesting. Of, yeah, and, and so that That's way you're going to have the like NBA audience go right into that or you have the nerds go right into the NBA audience so it's like you you, you drop the first episode of that let's just say because I don't think it's going to happen for Obi-Wan right let's say it's the Mandalorian because that's dropping during the NBA season you're you're proposing that you drop that first episode on ABC and then maybe at the end of the show you go well if you want to see the rest of the show subscribe to Disney Plus and that's how you get them on the service yeah. that, that's an interesting concept yeah I, I, I kind of like that they do that with a lot of shows where it's like oh it's like, uh, that happens in sports a lot of time with MLS, where they put an MLS game after a, like, like FIFA World Cup game, so that way it drags the viewers in. If you do that for a show, and they do it with, like, after the Super Bowl, too, it's like, first show after the Super Bowl, get those exactly. things. So, you could definitely do that with a show. I would say Obi-Wan Kenobi would probably be the better one, because he's a more well-known character, but, you, you know. That's gonna take some time. That's gonna be take some time, but... It's an option where you get those people in. It makes it look like it's good numbers. That will get investors happy. That will get, like, maybe more people interested. Even if it's only, like, a handful, even if it's only a couple hundred people, more hundred people than you had before. Plus, like, ABC during NBA time, there might not be, like, anything new going on. So, like, put it on. And plus, you own ABC. Just, like, do, like, the first Part episode. Part of the Disney family. You already own it. So yeah. it's, like, it's just going to sit on there to see what happens. What are they, they going to do? Record episode one and that's it? Yeah, it, uh, I mean, there's really no risk here for yeah. Disney. I mean, it, it's not like, uh, you know, th- you got to make the the general public aware of your service, number one, right? And once you make them aware, it's all about putting uh, having their dollars. you got to get them on the service. So if you're putting out, you know, all these MCU uh, TV shows, you're putting all the Star Wars content out. Especially, though, and this is key, I think, as well. I think that Star Wars movies themselves have to be few and far between. That way, everybody that is craving that Star Wars content, you go right to Disney+. And maybe you get a Star Wars movie maybe every two or three years. You don't do it like when they were doing it the past couple of years, where there's one every year. There's two or every two year. two every year. That's a mistake. It's not the MCU. You can't do one or two every year. And in the MCU's case, they usually do three. You can't do that with Star Wars. There's also a difference between the MCU in the sense that uh, I would feel that people care more about that universe than they do Star Wars. I think right now, yeah. Well, also, Star Wars, it's literally a huge galaxy. So it's like, you could have something happen on one side of the galaxy, and it doesn't affect anything. You have something in the MCU, they're all on the same planet for the most part. You know, most of it does take place on Earth. And even if it doesn't, they're usually good about making it matter. You know? Yeah, and I, I just really like the way that this Disney Plus streaming service is shaping up. I mean, they're they're putting out everything. They're spending a ton of money. I think that's why they put out so many huge movies this year, because they need all that money to produce and maintain the service. Yeah, I just realized something we could talk about. The Boycott Mulan thing. Okay, Mike, take that away. What, uh, what's going on with that? Did you hear about this? Uh, kind of, yeah, but... So the main act, vo- the main actress from Mulan, who's, that's already kind of been having issues, uh, with the fans, uh, they're like, oh, there's no singing, there's no Mushu. Uh, recently, she tweeted out on Chinese Facebook, I can't remember the name, but they have a different, like, social media structure there, because China is very, 
uh, hands-on with their media. Very censored. Very censored. Uh, so she put out on her thing, on her, like, accounts, uh, I support Hong Kong police. Uh, and something else. It was pretty much showing, like, support for the pro- for the people who are, like, trying to go against the protesters in Hong Kong. And that's making a lot of people in Hong Kong and a lot of people in the West say, let's not go see this movie because, like, screw her. Like, yeah. we don't like what the what the East is doing to its people. And they're, like, mobilizing. They think they're mobilizing and stuff, so. And the big problem with that is, number one, I mean, we see all these kind of uh, boycotts no, here in the United States. Th- they really just don't work. But I feel like if the Chinese are the ones who are saying boycott this movie, that is a huge problem. That's See, here's the thing. Because like, th- Mulan is made to get a whole ton of money from the Chinese market. It's not going to be mainland China, because mainland China is like saying, oh yeah, we support the Hong Kong police, because like, they don't want Hong Kong to be... Um, Hong Kong's trying to go against mainland China. So mainland China is probably like happy with what she said, unless it's the people who don't support that. But it's like very, very strange there. But it's like, you know, they don't let protests happen. But they need every dollar from that from that Asian market when yeah. this movie comes out. So you want to avoid these kinds of controversies. Now, granted, maybe a year from now, or whenever this movie comes out, I believe it's next year. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's forgotten. Maybe this just passes by because we're we're in August of twenty nineteen and there's just so much going on in the world that there's a new story every day about something. Yeah. So maybe this blows by. Maybe it's just too early in the uh, news cycle for this to actually affect the box office when the movie comes out. But that that remains to be seen. But that's mm. that's definitely uh, news that Disney probably is worried about. Yeah, a little bit. But um, sorry, I, I interrupted. Spy, uh, Spider-Man. Interrupted Star Wars a bit. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think I'm just a little surprised that you're not more more hyped for this. I uh, mean, out of Everything that's been announced, like, I, I feel more excited for the Star I'm Wars shows get, than the, the MCU get, shows. I don't know when I'm going to get Disney+, Plus, so I don't know when I'm going to see this. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go. Uh, I feel like I just the Star Wars market has been oversaturated. Sure. And, like, even more, it's like, it's something, I think the MCU's done a little bit better. And it's like, now we got Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, and we got $15 Cokes because they come in, like, a uh, like a little ball and this and that. It's like, go to Star Wars Land and, like, do this, that, and, like... Oh god, it's just everywhere. It's even more worse than MCU, and MCU comes out more. You so know? you're you're just kind of tired of Star Wars. Is that what you're? Is that yeah. What you're saying? It's also their fans are just like, what do you mean you haven't seen Rogue One? What do you mean you haven't seen this and that? I'm like, I saw the Star. I saw the Darth Vader scene. That's all that matters. So you you haven't even seen Rogue One? No, I wanted to, and now yeah. it just got to the point where it's like, shut up. Well, I'm I, excited. I, I, I'm curious. I'm just going to wait and see until more comes out. You and McGregor's one of my favorite actors, and for him to come back to Star Wars and reprise the best part of the prequels, I'm fired up about it. I'm just curious to see what where the timeline is. Especially with Star Wars fans, they're probably even going crazier about it because uh, they're, they're canon nuts. So if something's wrong with the canon, they're going to rebel because they're very fickle people. Is Darth Vader going to walk up to Jar Jar Banks and go, where's Obi-Wan? I know, and like, and then just slice him up. I, I would kind of <laughs> love that. I would kind of love that. Misa don't know. I don't think you can do that voice anymore, Mike. Why? I don't think that flies in 2019. Look, it's a, it's a first station of a character that's in a franchise. It's fine. Oh boy, moving on. That's not racist. 
Okay. Wait, is it? What is it making fun of? Uh, we'll talk about it later, Mike. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we also got news uh, that John Wick director Chad Stileski is joining uh, the Birds of Prey movie, which is the, uh, I believe this is actually the next DC movie uh, to be released. Uh, it's coming out in, I believe, February of next year. It uh, it has Harley Quinn, Black Canary, um, obviously Margot Robbie's coming back to uh, reprise her role, but uh, Stileski is coming in to uh, reshoot some of the action stuff, which is his forte. Which is great news, I think. You know, I mean, is it a little concerning that the action wasn't up to par in the f- the first cut? Maybe. How was the action in Suicide Squad? That that's true. So maybe it is encouraging that they're actually taking the steps to correct. How was their the mistakes. action in Aquaman? Aquaman wasn't bad. Aquaman wasn't bad, but I expect less CG in this movie. But I think this is... You know what? This might be the best move for everything, because... Uh, Neither of those characters are known for using guns, so I'm really excited to see the hand-to-hand combat. And Stileski and... Um, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy that just uh, did Hobbs and Shaw? Do you remember his name? David Leach, who also co-directed uh, those two, did both the first and the second they kind of created this new renaissance of action to where these, uh, you know, Keanu and all these guys are kicking ass for real. Like, they're barely using stunt doubles. So, they've definitely brought a new level of craziness to the action in the past few years. So, I'm glad that he's coming in to do something with this Parts of Bright movie. Uh, because if you have that kind of action in this... That's gonna. That's definitely gonna bring more eyeballs to it. It's Harley like, Quinn, yeah, you gotta see the action. It's nuts. Harley Quinn is one of those villains that is very much a physical villain because her main weapon is a bat, and usually in the cartoons it's very cartoony. She's a giant hammer, and now she's got bat, uh, and she's also very like acrobatic. That's something that could do very well with like proper action. Mm-hmm. Um, it could look very brutal, especially where they're taking that character in like the new animated show and where they took her in Suicide Squad. It can look. It could be very good. Canary is a is a superhero that uses a lot of her voice and like uses like screaming. Not a lot of fighting, but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know what I didn't know is that Chad Stileski actually was the uh, second unit director on The Hunger Games and Escape Plan, and also apparently Captain America: Civil War. Ooh, okay. So. Civil I, War that's had, pretty crazy. Civil War had a lot of like action scenes that he had a big airport up. scene. Yeah, so I could definitely see that's that's gonna be a good forte for him. And as far as this movie, I mean, what are your thoughts about it? Are you, are you looking forward to it? We've got a, uh, you know, because I've said this before, but I think DC is killing it right now with their movies. And I want to correct uh, the next DC movie is Joker that's coming out in October, but the the first uh, movie of 2020, the first DC movie is Birds of Prey. Uh, so I, I I think this is the right direction. It is, it is. I'm still a little bit more excited for uh for the like animated show that uh Harley Quinn's gonna be in. Uh because the trailer for that was amazing. It just showed a great side of her. It showed um like her humor. It showed Kite Man. Like Kite Man is getting some hype now. And like when did I think I was gonna say that in twenty nineteen? And it also showed her, like, doing things that I wanted to see more of, like her going against Joker. With this movie, I'm very excited because I think Margot Robbie was kind of underappreciated in Suicide Squad because everyone just thought, oh, she's there to be hot. 
But, like, overall, she's a very good actress. And it was mostly Will Smith who was the bad part of that movie, not her, you know? Really? You didn't like Will Smith in that? I did not. Because I thought, I thought him and, and uh, Margot Robbie were obviously the two best parts of that movie. <sighs> I liked her more than Will. I thought Will That's was... Fair. That's I thought, fair. I thought Will was phoning it in at times, which I was like... They think with some kind of you, they think with some kind of suicide squad, and it's like that went John Mulaney. But I mean, <laughs> he just—it felt like you could have said that. That's way also better. the writing too. I mean, what can that, you do with that? That's well, yeah. There's movies where actors can make shit in the gold, but like I can understand Will Smith being like, I can't do. This. If Will Smith says he can't do something, I would probably believe him. So if you had to pick one, Mike, to watch, you can't watch the other: Birds of Prey or the Obi Wan series. Tough call. This is also great radio. Radio silence. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that's a hard one. I would probably say. I would say the Obi Wan series, even though I love, uh, even though I do like Harley Quinn, I feel as though I would want to see. I would want the star. I don't know how good Star Wars is going to do. I feel like a DC movie is going to make its money back. I want to see like the star. If this Star Wars series is good, I would want to support it. But like the DC movie, I feel as though it will do fine regardless. And also, I mean, there's other venues I can watch Harley Quinn stuff in. It'll be coming out forever. Who knows when the next Obi Wan thing will be? Yeah, I agree. But both both projects uh, definitely piqued my interest. I'm, I'm definitely uh, in for both. And uh, what we were also in for today, great transition. You like that one, Mike? What did, what did you think of that? I thought that was very solid. Thank you. And th- that's from a renowned uh, broadcast journalist like yourself. Yes, rena- yes renowned. Because uh, if you don't know, Mike was on the uh, the college radio. I used to have a, co- I had a college radio show for two semesters, and I did it for like, uh, I helped out for four years, and I did TV for like two years, too. But what I heard, Mike, is because you only got the, that radio show for two semesters, right? Yeah. There were rumblings that you just wanted a, too big of an increase in your contract. I know. I, instead of getting paid for free, I was like, I want you to give me a CD. Uh, I want you to at least give me two CDs. I'll, you have this giant back room of CDs. Give me something. And they go, no, that's not allowed. I'm like, you really aren't giving me Tom Jones' uh, What's New Pussycat Live? On vinyl? Why do you need this? I, I heard you were com- you were uh, known as the Antonio Brown of the TCNJ radio station. Yeah, and the worst part was I fell asleep one day on the couch, and they had the AC up, and it just, I got, like, the flu real bad, and my foot was numb, and it's like, it couldn't work out. You didn't wear the proper footwear. I like. did not wear the proper footwear. <laughs> I'm about to burp. Oh, great. Sorry. I moved away, um, but no, it's... Oh, yeah, the, you know, the microphone definitely didn't pick that up either way. You're still going. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was trying to stop it. I, I you can't gave give me you, seltzer. I can't, yeah, I can't give you seltzer. <laughs> you gave me seltzer. What do you expect? I also did baseball. I covered baseball, too. For, I did a season of baseball on TCNG Radio and some Trent Thunder games. Like we said, world-renowned broadcast journalist. I had my father laughed at me when I did a home run call because he goes, oh, you're next John Sterling. I'm going, is that a compliment or is that an insult? He well, goes, you decide. Well, doesn't he just laugh at you in general? Yeah, Big Lou does that. Okay. Well, but anyway. So, our main topic of discussion today. Blinded by the light. Revved uh, up like a douche. <laughs> I always thought that's what it said. Is that, I did, too. What, what is the actual lyric? Do you know? I I just... I. It's like... Uh, I don't know. I just always say revved up like a douche. Well, this one uh, is... I don't know if you would call this a musical, Mike. 
but the movie calls Blinded by the Light. It uh, doesn't really have any stars in it. Uh, you have Haley Atwell, who uh, was Peggy Carter in all of the Marvel stuff uh, over the past 10 years. Um, I don't know. It, this was interesting because I was really expecting like a musical. And what do you got, Mike? Revved up like a deuce. Revved that, up like a deuce. Another runner in the night. I don't even know what a deuce is. Is that like, like a car? Deuce ma- coupe? Could be a... Uh, maybe... May, you know what? That might be it. Revved up like a deuce is a car. But anyway, yeah. I like douche better. I like douche better. Because <laughs> it's like, ooh, it's like this came out in the 60s. They're saying douche on the radio. Very, very risque. Risque. Bruce. Vision boundaries. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, so I... Uh, this is like the third... <laughs> English, this is the third music movie in like a year and a half that's in England. It just felt like it felt well, kind of the fourth if you can if you include yesterday. So you got Bohemian mm. Rhapsody, you have Rocket Man, you have Yesterday, and you have this movie Blinded by the Light. Uh, and but here's the thing: I was expecting a musical, and I don't think I had seen any of the trailers. So maybe this wasn't the case in the trailers. This was just my own thing. I had heard that. This used a lot of Bruce Springsteen uh, music, and that was my assumption. But when you watch the movie, for the most part, it's really just uh, from the, his uh, was Walkman or just soundtrack. It's, it's mo- not much singing in this music. It's a in, movie. In movie. It's a movie with Bruce Springsteen played over it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. And uh, you know, to be honest with you, I had a good time. I, I don't think that this is, uh, you know, uh, reinventing the wheel. I don't think it's the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. I had a good time with it. it I will say it is uh, a little too long. I, pacing was a, a problem mm. with this movie. But I, I liked all the acting. I thought the acting was good. Uh, I will say that the it's very obvious that this movie didn't have much of a budget. Because even the the uh, musical numbers that are in here, it doesn't have that big of a scope to it as what you would expect. It's very, uh, it's a lot of cuts. It's a lot of quick scenes. It's a lot of um, minor location shots. Uh, so you can definitely feel, and even with the songs too, uh, I felt that the, the very uh, repetitive with the songs. It didn't seem like they got they couldn't afford the whole Springsteen catalog. Uh, you know, you got a lot of the songs repeated two, three times in this movie, but at the same time, it's very charming. I was charmed by this movie. Uh, but what about you, Mike? What what were your thoughts about this? So I was kind of disappointed. Uh, I was, I wasn't expecting anything. This isn't a biography movie of Bruce. And so I knew it was supposed to be like someone find themselves and stuff like that. Through Bruce's music. Yeah, but I remember the first, was it 20, 25 minutes before he plays the Bruce song, I was thinking, like, okay. And then as soon as the Bruce starts, Bruce stuff starts, it goes full on into cheese. And it yeah. feels like you just had a different movie, and then it went into the Bruce movie. I was, I was waiting, too. Like I, we, like you said, it was like 20 minutes and there was no Bruce anything. It was just doing its thing. It was telling the story about this kid who is uh, butting heads with his uh, dad specifically, uh, you know, with the because this is um, the leads are all Muslim. They're all Pakistani. Yeah. And there's certain things in that culture to where you have to follow it. 
And, you know, the son is, we've seen this before, you know, the son wants to break out. He doesn't want to follow those cultural norms. And uh, that's what the first, I mean, the whole movie is pretty much that. But that's what it's specifically how it introduces the story in the first, like, 20, 25 That's, like, the anchor point of the movie. Yeah. So, first off, let me also say, uh, one of my best friends is Indian. And he's third generation. And his father was pretty much uh, second generation in a Western country from his father who was... um, you know, stuff like that. There, He was born in England. And just from hearing stuff, like, from him, that's everything he's told me about, like, Indians and uh, Middle Eastern families like that, where it's very much... There's even a line in the movie where he goes, I'm not like most Pakistani fathers. I didn't want you to go be a doctor. And that's I wanted all... you to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, that's the thing, where it's like, if it's second generation, like that kid was to his father, uh, the thing is... A lot of the times, that was the stuff you had. It was arranged marriages. It was, like, families trying to control their destinies, stuff like that. Once you get to the third generation, it's kind of lowered because they've been more integrated with society and they don't – they aren't – they're more, like, accepting of other ways of living. So I really did appreciate that because it's something that, even though I didn't live through, it's something I've heard about and it's something I've kind of seen firsthand a little bit through my friend and, like, him, like, seeing some of his life even because yeah. I've seen second generations through him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to say something, though, but that that's the beauty of movies, right? Like, yeah. We can look at different kinds of stories like these to where we can learn and experience uh, different cultures, different lifestyles, different uh, family norms. That's what I love about, uh, you know, people always rag on diversity, but we need these kinds of movies. We need to learn about these kinds of uh, different ways of living and it because it enhances your viewing experience uh, selfishly but it also broadens what you think about the world and you're not so self-centered in what you're living in yeah and we saw that also with uh bohemian rhapsody too with yeah. Freddie mercury's uh, family and i'll say this the parts with his family are kind of the best parts of the movie. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, because it's it's very natural. It's very believable, especially because I I know a little bit about it. I don't know how much you knew, but like it's believable, and it seems like those actors had chemistry with one another. And uh, honestly, with the bridges between them, where it's just like family, Bruce, other uh, other Middle Eastern person talk about bruce girlfriend family uh tri- uh college family it's just very disjointed it almost feels like this could have been a 30 minute special with just the family stuff i i agree with you for the most part except that last part except for the last part it just, i it, i think that well we have to also say this this was based on a true story right so and obviously uh Bruce had a lot of influence on this on this young kid. Mm. And so if you're telling the story, you kind of have to put Bruce in the movie. Uh, it just... I don't know if it lends itself to a feature where you also want to uh, showcase everything that's going on with his schoolwork, everything he wants to aspire to be as a writer, everything that's going on with his family. Like, yeah, that works in real life because, you know, people are complex. They have a lot of things going on and different things help people get through the days but at the same time uh i don't know that the springsteen stuff was all that interesting it wasn't and you know it's funny if you look at this movie from a plot perspective there are so many things that are going on in this movie there's the family there's the wedding 
there's the fr- college stuff. There is the teacher, which is part of the college stuff. There's the friend's band. There's the army veteran. There's the sister going to a club that's in for one scene. It's just the, supposed to, like... The general uh, uh, racism against Pakistanis. That was, that, that was, like, a bit more than just, like, a part, though. That was, like, over throughout the movie. And yeah, I can, yeah. So, like, that... But there was a lot of parts that were just show up. It, it kind of felt like a TV episode where it's, like, here's the part with this. That's that. And move on. It's, like, here's the part where I'm now just gonna have a scene where I'm making out my girlfriend. Oh, no! My sister walked in. Now I owe her a favor! And then it just goes to the club, and that's kind of it. And I'm kind of guessing that was supposed to, like show that he's not alone and trying to break the norm but like the I, same, I think that's exactly what it was but yeah. it's at the same time it's like it was very you could have taken that part out of the movie that did out of this two hour movie I think the most intriguing stuff like you said was with the family mm. and especially that last 20 minutes is excellent very. I loved the ending to this movie I loved particularly like that third act to where you know something happens with the family, and one one person goes off and and does their thing and comes back. But I love that stuff. I love the beginning to where they introduce the family. I love the ending to where everything wraps up. Uh, I love the relationship between specifically uh, the kid and his father. I thought that was great. And uh, the the uh, actor who played the father, gonna butcher this name, Colvinder Gear. Uh, was incredible. Mm. He was so good. He brings it. Like, he has a couple... And it's not just um, from the kid's point of view as well. You get quite a few scenes from where it's just the father and the mother talking about uh, what's going on with their financial situation and some of the things that they have to do to survive. It got me. He does a great job of making you think he's just an asshole. But then there's... He's the got po- so many layers. But then you realize... Oh, he's more than just the control freak father. He does love his family. He's, like, getting emotional because he's scared about his family's future. And I was like, I appreciate that they didn't just make him, like, the father in Bohemian Rhapsody. Where the father in Bohemian Rhapsody is just kind of an asshole and yeah. just wants to stay in the old ways. It's an archetype. Yeah, and he was a bit more than that. I, there I, are still points, but, like, he wasn't, he wasn't a j- jerk because he was an archetype. He was a jerk because, like that he was stuck in the old ways. Yeah, and I love that because you get to see his point of view, right? Because you might not uh, agree with the decisions that he makes for the family or the the decisions he makes for his son, but you understand why. There's it's a re- not like he's not he's not doing it because uh, he's greedy or Yeah, it's because it's all about the family. There's a trail of reasoning and you can follow it back and go, I can 100%. see that. And I think that's what this movie does so well. It does its characters so well. The characters, the main characters in this, are so good. They're so fleshed out. The family, yeah, especially. Because they're real. They're real people. And I think that translated superbly you know to, what's funny? To, to the film. There was a point in the movie where I thought I, didn't, wasn't, I wasn't going to bring this up, but when they're in that little cul-de-sac, dead-end street, um, I noticed that there were times when you were watching the movie that some of the neighbors would just be walking around. It's the same people. Usually if a main character or a side character isn't talking or not going to be in a scene, they're not going to show up, you know? Um, but in this movie, the old man neighbor, sometimes you would just see him coming back from the store and then the camera wouldn't pan on him. He was just living there. And, or or sometimes you just see the father, the next door father, just being there. 
And I'm like, okay, I can appreciate that. And most of the time when they were on camera, it would like, oh, they're going to be in a scene later. But it just felt like it was a world that was lived in, you know? And that one neighbor, um, you think he's one thing, and then they kind of make that turn to where, oh, yeah, he's not a piece of garbage like the rest of them. Like, cause it's odd, and that's why I like too. It gives a, a a look at what this time in England was, and I believe the year was 1987. So, and it's relevant. It's obviously, I think that was intentional that they put so much of it mm. in it, uh, so much of that into this movie, considering what we're living in now. But it also blends in with Springsteen himself, because Springsteen was inherently political. He was inherently always uh, commenting about what society was at that time. So in that sense, I like how it was blended uh, together, but in in that in that way. Uh, but overall, like we said, the Springsteen stuff was not exactly you know. I just realized something in this movie. There are a ton of characters that seem bad at first that then get better, like the newspaper editor, or like this college this college newspaper person, or the neighbor army guy. Um, or even, like, uh, the dad. But I start thinking, there was no real character that went from good to bad. Like, you can maybe say the band friend, but he was, he wasn't, he didn't go from good to bad. He went from good to, I like... I think that's just a rocky friendship. Yeah, that wasn't, there was no real, like, betrayal in this. Except for, like, not even the girlfriend. The girlfriend character, she was so stupid for just, for why she left. Yeah, I didn't really like her character at all. But, really. like, there were, there were other, like, there was no real antagonist or deuteragonist. The person who you could argue is making the wrong decisions is the main character, is the main kid. Uh, everybody else, I mean, is being influenced by his decisions. But, at like, kind of like with the father, you understand why he's acting the way he is. So, in that sense... You understand what he's doing, uh, even though it may uh, become a, a problem with other characters. You understand his reasoning. Yes, you well. do. Um, so I think that's the strongest point: is all these main characters are so layered and and real and everything like that, and genuine. That's what I loved about this movie. Now, in general, I didn't love the movie, uh, but you know it. It is what it is, right? I understand why Springsteen was so involved in the movie, but kind of wish he wasn't. Uh, but what, what did you think about? First of all, what do you think about Springsteen in general? Like, are you a fan of Bruce? Uh, because we obviously live in New Jersey, so he is the boss here. Uh, because for me personally, you know, I like some of his songs. I'm not attached to him, but pretty much all of the songs in this movie, uh, I like. So it's not like there's any hidden gems. I don't think in this. So. It's basically the greatest hits of Bruce Springsteen in this movie, and there's only about five or six of them. Well, it's also because they they put the movie in a place where he like he hadn't released an album in a while too. So it's like yeah. like his new stuff, like he hadn't gotten to like the '90s and stuff like that, where he or like where he did the song for the theme song for Philadelphia. Because like, even know? at this time, uh, and it's it's in the movie, like Springsteen is like what the parents would listen to yeah the kids the the Springsteen is kind of out of fashion at this point in time yeah so the way I'm with Bruce is that I have a weird relationship with it where it's like I used when I was a kid I was like oh it's Bruce and then there was a point where I was telling Bobby this where I would go to high school with someone who would listen to Sirius XM radio every day for four years and I had this 
oh god, all right, this is fine. And then by sophomore year, I was like, I can't stand this. I can't stand it. It's the same songs like every week in the same order. It's the same order, isn't it? I can't do it. Um, and then by senior year, I was back around on it. And so, like, it was the line in the movie where they go, who would want to listen to a show that was just all Bruce Springsteen? And I was like, God, oh, that's real. <laughs> that, there's a serious XM station with your name on it, kid. Um, but, uh, so, but now, I remember two years ago when Record Store Day came about, they released, like, a best of Bruce Springsteen thing. It was in red vinyl. I picked it up. You know, I will buy Bruce Springsteen stuff. Um, I have not seen him live yet, but I do enjoy him. I do think that he has too much talking live. I, there's criticisms I have of him, but I do enjoy his music does hit. And I will say he has more hits than bads, you know? And so, I mean, just to wrap this up, Mike, I, I clearly, I think I like this. I wouldn't say a lot more, but I, I like it more than you do. Um, yeah. It seems like you had more problems with it. I have problems with the two, but the good far weighs out the bad for me. Yes, yeah, the good outweighs the bad for me too. I think it's just a little less because I feel like this movie was a bit too disjointed for me. Like, this is a solid... I, I was thinking this movie went from a 6 at first to like, it was starting out as a 6 because I usually go up those first 3 minutes. Then it went down to like a 3.54 wow. and then it b- bounced back up to like a 5. It's like a 5 in the middle. Really? Wow. 5 or 5.5 somewhere around there okay. it's just like I want I, but the thing is also I've only seen 15 movies this year so it's like it's still like an okay movie I just don't know if I'd see it again I think this is a good movie to like watch on Netflix so would you what would you give this uh, I'd probably give it a three and a half Three and a half out of five. Oh, you're talking about... Yeah, seven, Mike. I'm sorry. We have to go to the ten scale because Mike likes using the ten. Sorry. It's a seven. Okay. It's a seven for me. Middle of the pack uh, for my rankings, but... Mine would probably it's... be... Like, mine would probably be if I was as expansive as your, like, list. Because I only... For me, it will be close to the bottom. But, like, I haven't seen... I've only seen one bad movie in, like, this year. Yeah. Um, rest of the movies have been pretty good to, oh, to great, you know? So this would probably be... I haven't looked yet. I, this might be my ten movie. Okay, you know, somewhere around there, maybe nine. Well, I dug it. Uh, you know, but I like having these kind of differing opinions because I. It seems like we've been pretty similar uh, for most of these episodes so far. Yeah. So it's good to you know kind of disagree on some things. I think we were dissimilar on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you'd seen it a second time at that point. But at the same time, like. You still liked it. Oh, I just loved it. Yeah, I, yeah. You were like, um, you were a ten to my seven. Uh, I wouldn't go ten. I know, I'd but I'm just go like, nine. But I'm, it's, cl- it's. I'm gonna be straight. It's go. It's nearing ten. Yeah. The more I think, I, I'm not even kidding you. I have thought about that movie at least once a day since I've seen it. Really? It just pops into my head. I'm like, damn. I and you know they're actually playing uh, that movie in IMAX now. So now I kind of have the itch to see it a third time in theaters and in IMAX, though. Interesting. Uh, I I love that movie. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this one, too. Uh, You know, it does have its problems, but it's it's still good. It's watchable. It's not the worst thing. Yeah, exactly. This is something that you would definitely see on, like, uh, this is something I could definitely see on USA. Yeah. Or, like, not, like, you know, or something like that. If this movie had, like, another five or ten million dollars, I think it would have been a better movie. 
better movie. I will also say real quick, uh, as someone who's a soccer fan and as someone who's like looked into because I'm into soccer, looking into soccer history and looking into Luton and like or like eighty like not eighties but like seventies eighties like London with the strikes and all that and the disasters that happened there. They hit the aesthetics super well. I will give this movie's research so much credit. They yeah, the set design is really the good. Set the costumes design, are good. The costumes. The, the um, I was looking when they showed the highway, the M1 going to London. I was like, are there are there any mess ups? Are there any 2019 cars? It's like, okay, no, you you seem to have gotten that. Uh, you did your CGI or whatever pretty well on that. You made sure to do your research. Um, overall, and like the 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 recession, like people losing jobs, they 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 did they did their work there. And well, of course, that part's gonna be in there because it's guy's life. But I mean, I appreciate that sort of thing. All right, guys, so that'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. Stay tuned next week. Uh, I think we'll be reviewing Good Boys, uh, which I had some hesitation about. But you... apparently... Wait, what? Here, listen. I hate, hate, hate when I see the same damn trailer every time we go to the movies, Mike. Yeah? This new, The new one that I can't stand is Gemini Man. Literally, every movie that I've seen... For the past two months, it's like a has this angel. damn trailer attached to it. I'm sick of Gemini Man, and it was the same thing with Good Boys. I had seen that trailer so many times. Really? Oh, you yeah. see more movies? Yeah, I'm just like, God, this is just, and it seemed like really immature, and you know, just like, just kids cursing. But apparently, it's not like that. So I'm gonna give the movie a shot. We'll see it for uh, the next episode. And uh, just to give out the plugs one more time, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, Every Monday we drop new episodes. You can uh, follow us on Facebook. uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube at Picture Perfect. You can follow us on Twitter at PickPerfectCast. Mike, where can they find you on the social medias? You can find me on the social medias at MichaelB underscore 96. You can find me on Facebook if you type me in. (laughs) Uh, I'm probably going to come up. you can find me uh, in jail, maybe. Uh, you can find after you me. get you posted bail this past week. They I, might. I didn't post bail. These nice people, like uh, these nice people, just gave posted bail for me. Like uh, Bill and Hillary, something I don't know. But I mean, like, oh boy. Anyway, like you can find me pretty <laughs> much everywhere if you look hard enough. Uh, I'm trying to get my brand out there as much as I try. Uh-huh. Your brand. Hashtag brand. Hashtag brand. And you can find me at Bobby is Gross, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. We will talk to you next week. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs>